This is 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect at CarrieCharles.com. And now, here's Carrie Charles. So I'm thrilled to have with me today Dr. Derek Peterson. He is the Chief Technology Officer at Boingo Wireless. He's responsible for the company's technical vision and strategy. Derek, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Hey, Carrie. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here on this 5G Talent Talk podcast with you. Tell us more about Boingo Wireless and the company's role in the 5G future. Hey, Carrie. It's exciting to be uh, at Boingo in these times talking about 5G and the future of being able to address everybody's needs to be connected, especially in the times that we're dealing with today. You know, one of the key things about 5G is that a lot of the use cases for 5G require more dense connections, um, more antennas closer, and it requires a lot of indoor use cases that businesses and individuals are trying to accomplish. And so Boingo has been uh, working in venues, in large venues for a long time, indoors primarily, designing, building, um, and monetizing wireless networks at those venues for many years. And that includes airports, which a lot of people know us for, for our Wi-Fi in the airports. But what a lot of people don't realize is in those same locations where we're doing Wi-Fi and trying to find the right monetization strategy for Wi-Fi in those, we're also doing doing cellular connections for all of the major carriers, and we're running and building and, and managing those networks for them. And, and then, of course, we're in other locations like uh, stadiums and military uh, locations and apartments. All these locations, the key thing is, is you need to solve the connectivity challenges that people are having. And Boingo is technology agnostic, we focus on neutral host connectivity so that that way everybody gets connected and taking advantage of all the different spectrum that you might have, whether that's licensed spectrum from a carrier, unlicensed spectrum like Wi-Fi or some of the new flavors coming out like CBRS uh, where you're using shared spectrum. And we really just bring all that domain expertise that we have um, to the 5G future and bring it to all of our partners, whether it's the venues, the consumers, or the carriers. So Derek, many years ago, you were, you were way ahead of your time, by the way. Um, you were talking about this concept of network convergence. Can you talk more about this convergence and what it means for 5G? Yeah, you know, when you're focused on use cases, one of the things that you realize really fast is that there's more to connect than just your mobile phones that we're all used to. In an internet of things world, um, there's a lot of things. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about it later in the podcast. But, you know, the key thing is, is we don't just want the things to connect. We want to be able to have a converged experience with those things that are connecting. And so a few years ago, it was probably four years ago, I came out with this convergence manifesto calling on the industry to stop competing on technology, to really just start collaborating so that we can use licensed, unlicensed, and shared license together, get these things connected, and do a leap ahead for the next decade of innovation. 
And we really are starting to see that happen. And it's a deep commitment of uh, that I have and always have had of trying to find convergence at every level, whether it's the technology level or in some of the other levels that uh, you need to have that convergence to be successful. Yeah, so let's talk about some of those other levels. Um, would you say that uh, there's also convergence on the team level? And what about the, the users of 5G? Definitely. Uh, you know, convergence is really kind of a mindset. It's about recognizing that it's about sharing and collaborating to bring the best of both worlds. And when you start doing that, you create a platform that allows carriers to have greater densification without all the build costs that they would have if they were doing um, networks by themselves. So you're reducing costs by sharing resources and you're driving up opportunities by being able to have these uh, networks together. And, and what's really important about this, as you start thinking about teams and business models, is that we all want these interfaces to happen. And a good example I like to use is the convergence of uh, different systems. We now have on our phones uh, uh, all of these different apps, and we end up having to install app upon app upon app to try to get all the different things to work together. A good example I've used in the past is I'm getting off an airplane and I want to get in an Uber. And the Uber driver has no idea how long it's going to take me to walk from the gate that I landed at to the street to get picked up. But if we could end up collaborating and working together, we can feed that data because we know how long it takes the average person or and we can calculate that because we're watching that person as they connect when they get out of their, the plane and walking to that curb in the average time. We can feed that data to the Uber driver so the Uber driver meets you at the right time. So it's cases like this that bring together a real strong business model for a need for convergence. You know, Derek, uh, you, you said that working together and together, it seems like that's the mantra for today's world. It definitely is. You know, I, when I look at, you know, the way we've set up our teams um, at Boingo, we really believe that convergence is a part of the way we uh, work in our organization as well. Um, we've established this thing called SPIRIT, which stands for supportive people who are imp impassioned, responsive, innovative, and transparent. And one of the key things I always tell my team is it's important for us to support one another and be transparent with one another so that we can be successful. And those are the cornerstones of spirit. And really, those are the cornerstones of any uh, time end up working together and you're trying to accomplish something together is that you have to find out how you can support one another and leverage feeling and trusting one another so that you can be transparent and you can accomplish great things. Mm, that's very powerful. Um, anything else about your culture? I mean, I've heard great things about Boingo's uh, has a unique culture that has really enabled it to stay on the cutting edge for almost 20 years. Yeah, you know, I think that the, one of the key things when you're dealing with any uh, organizational structure is that you're going to end up having challenges. Um, they're going to end up uh, having failures. And the way you meet those challenges and failures is really 
key to the way an organization works. And so one of the things that I learned when I was in the military was that, that when when you end up having an action, so whether that's actions, a new project or in the military, you know, it's a, a, a new campaign or a new battle, you end up taking time out uh, to review what went well, what didn't go well, and what was okay. I always call it a, a, an after action review. And we actually have started to apply that across the whole organization where we look at things and we say what was good, what was bad, and what was ugly. And, and that's one of the things that we continue to focus on as an organization is having a, a, an impassioned uh, workforce that's supportive and transparent with one another, and then being able to have these after-action reviews to learn from. You know, with baby boomers retiring and, you know, there's uh, millennials are, are really set to make up the majority of the workforce soon. How is, and you're an amazing leader, by the way, I've heard just incredible things about you, Derek, and especially what you just said about your military experience. Thank you so much for your service. And I also, thank you for yours. Yes. I also was a Marine as well, but how is Boingo developing the leaders of the future? And, you know, anything, you know, the, the women as leaders, I know that's a real issue right now in the telecom and tech industries is, you know, developing female leaders and, and focusing on diversity. And I'm sure that uh, Boingo is very passionate about developing and, and, and recruiting and retaining veterans as well. So how, how are you developing these leaders? You know, I, I think that's a great question. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, great leaders uh, lead me uh, in my past um, with very diverse backgrounds and both culturally and, and, and in every other way that you can imagine. Um, and I think that one of the key things is we need to be aware th um, that there is differences and we need to inspire and educate and equip the diverse workforce of the future uh, through a lot of different programs uh, so that we can break new ground. Uh, one of the things that we do at Boingo is we, I, I participate in several initiatives to try to bring STEM uh, more to do these diverse crowds, whether it's um, uh, groups uh, ethnically that haven't had uh, STEM, you know, science, technology, and math as a key uh, and engineering is a key thing in their lives because um, they don't have it in the background or really just also uh, with, uh, you know, different uh, with women and with men working together. I think we do this thing called Girls Who Code, which I participate in, as well as many other uh, initiatives that we have um, at our company to try to push this forward. I think what I've learned most from it personally if, of going through this, and you know, I have a, a, a lot of kids and, and some grandkids as well, is that we really need to push forward uh, people of different backgrounds because it ends up letting us recognize and see things that we can't see before. But in addition, it, it lets those that are younger. So when we're talking these millennials and these younger generations, they need to see you know, people who are like them in these positions of power and seeing that they're enjoying it. You know, a lot of people end up taking jobs where they've seen um, 
their fathers in those jobs or their mothers in those jobs. And they end up taking those jobs because that's what they know. And so it's really becomes important for us to support initiatives like Pledge LA, which is an initiative from the Mayor God Garcetti here in, in Los Angeles, um, where we're working to bring more inclusive and diverse approaches to recruitment and retention in technology. Hmm. Sounds like you have got it right. That's uh, that's great to hear. My daughter is in college and she's uh, in STEM. Uh, very, very proud of her. So I agree with uh, everything that you said, Girls Who Code and really supporting STEM, um, you know, to, to strengthen your workforce and also develop leaders. Um, Derek, you are known to be a visionary and an influencer in the technology and telecom space. So I really was not surprised when I heard that you have a microchip embedded in your hand. So I want to hear the story behind this. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that I've always tried to push is that the Internet or our networks should be a part of our daily lives. It shouldn't be. Uh, something that we get lost in by going to our phones and burying ourselves as an escape, it really should enhance our our physical life. So it's about, you know, combining the physical and the digital into one great collaborative experience um, together. And so when I found out that you could end up taking a near field communication or an NFC and I could end up starting to figure out how to make the internet be part of me. I, I said, all right, I'll give this a shot. And I, and a lot of people know this, I embedded a chip uh, in the, in the palm of my hand or in the right between the thumb and the, and the pointer finger, there's a little pocket there. But what was cool about it is when I first did it, it was kind of one of those things I did with a few of my sons who were also forward thinkers. One of my sons, is studying um, right now, finishing up his master's actually next week in biotechnology, uh, and he's studying how to put uh, chips in people's brains, right? So that's wow. a step farther than what I've done with my hand. <laughs> Goodness, like but, uh, but the idea is, is that, that today, you know, we have these connections to, our, to the internet, and a lot of times we're sitting at the kitchen table and we're saying, okay, put away your phones because we want you to talk to each other. Well, what wouldn't it, it would be a lot better if we ended up saying, hey, I want to ask a question. I want to have a conversation, but I want to be able to do that without losing the conversation I'm having in the physical world to be able to get that digital answer that I'm looking for. And so that's to me is really the key that we're trying to accomplish. So when I put the chip in my hand and it's been about five years now ago, I did it. The start was let's figure out what I can do with it. So I ended up using Apple Pay and, and and Google Pay and with it, I ended up using, I use it today for all my house doors, all the office doors at work. I don't have to carry around a key. And I also have used it for my car so I don't have to have a key in my car. So it's really kind of freed me from the idea of key. And I think as we move forward, it's a very important part of the thing that I'm thinking of in the future is how do we end up combining the digital and the physical world with our identity? And so this is a physical way of doing it. And I think that there's also some physical and virtual things that you can do to combine them to really go further than I've done with just the chip in my hand.
Yes, and um, I've heard you say before the Internet of Me versus the Internet of Things, and I, I just I just love that. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, one of those things that I get to do you know, sometimes is when I have these um, moments to think is I, I I start thinking about when we're talking about convergence and we're talking about collaboration and creating a network of services and use cases that people can uh, reduce friction in their life. You know, I, when Internet of Things first came out, when I was studying back, uh, in, you know, on my PhD, I remember it came out and I really just did not like the term because it it separated us again. When we created our networks, we called it the World Wide Web or the Internet, and we didn't make it be a part of us. So I coined this phrase called IOMe or Internet of Me. And what the goal really is, is to make the Internet more personal, you know, combine the digital and physical world with your digital identity and create this frictionless and hyper-personalized experience of the network with our with what we're doing. So you can automatically turn on lights as you're going through an apartment or in, as you open the front door. And, and, and again, that uh, may be a chip today, but in the future, it could be something even more um, unobtrusive than you know having to go and plant something inside your body. Um, uh, think of other things like ticketless, uh, uh, going into a airport or a stadium, um, all these different things that we're trying to create are really about trying to remove that friction and let the digital and the physical world get back together the way they're supposed to be. So in those times where you're, you're thinking, you're focused time, um, and, and you're thinking about 5G, give us your predictions. What, what lies ahead for us with 5G? You know, I think we're going to see a lot of new improvements in the way that we use technology. If you think about just an airport and all the friction that goes through as you're rushing to try to get on and into an aircraft so you can go to your next spot, nobody really enjoys that experience. And, and there's things that we can do in airport operations to make it easier. You know, we can do boarding via facial recognition. Um, we could have, have robots that serve as a passenger concierge. We, you know, with one of the things I read today as I, was think, as I was doing my morning reading was I saw that uh, in Dubai, they're starting to take temperatures of people before they board aircraft. Now, you can imagine that's going to add yet even more friction. But there's technology out there today that can end up uh, sensing heat without you actually having to put something in, you know, in your ear, on your face. And I've actually, uh, for Boingo, we're, I've actually ordered some devices that uh, sense your heat from a distance of up to six feet away. Um, so we're going to use those as kind of a way to, uh, as people come back into the office, to make sure that they're healthy and make sure people are comfortable. But those are the kind of things which we could do um, as we start adding these new frictions to our life by thinking of a technology way, a digital way to combine that physical frustration and that digital capability together to improve that experience. And that's what 5G is going to bring. It's going to allow us to transform the way we work, the way we think. And, you know, with, with what's going on with you know, coronavirus right now, 
we're going to have to think of those things because people are changing um, some of their mindsets. And so taking advantage of technology and the power that 5G can bring with lower latency, faster speeds, and, and then the many different business models with convergence of wireless spectrum, whether it's licensed, unlicensed, or shared, is also going to end up giving us a way to do it in an economical way. Dr. Derek, I just feel like I've had a peek into the future here. Um, super exciting stuff. And where can you be reached if our listeners want to reach you and learn more about uh, what you're doing, uh, more about Boingo? Yeah, so please go ahead and check out boingo.com. We just did another refresh of the website here recently. So there's a lot of good information about what Boingo is up to there. Um, and in addition to that, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Dr. Derek Peterson. I actually use uh, DDA Peterson because my name's Derek Dennis Allen Peterson. So uh, that's my both my Twitter or LinkedIn, DDA Peterson, um, and you can get a hold of me. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Derek, for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. This has just been a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News. Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff 5G Talent Solutions. As always, you can connect with me at carriecharles.com and I will meet you on the next episode. Stay well. You've been listening to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect with Carrie at carriecharles.com.